Oh, goodness, goodness. It is Wednesday, which means it is another podcast afternoon. Oh, we didn't boomerang. I should mm-hmm. write that down. We didn't boomerang. We are like the most terrible of preachers of our own brand ever. <laughs> I'm, I'm blaming pregnancy brain on this one, though. Well, I mean. about when it started. And I'm just going to say, I mean, I'm good. we already know, like, I'm terrible at everything. Because, like, I'll, I'll, like, post the podcast and be like, oh, I didn't even tag Jess in that. Oh, I didn't even tag, like, <laughs> Jess's photos. And, ugh, every time. I shouldn't be in charge of anything. So, uh, Wednesday means uh, we're back. This is Rachel Vote. And I just want to thank you all so much for tuning in, per the huge. Uh, there's lots of great stuff happening. Uh, and uh, one of those things is, yeah, my, my pregnant best friend's here to do this podcast with me. Tell who you are. Ah, uh, Jess Anderson, but you can just call me Anderson, because everybody does. Uh, you can find me at photoswithanderson.com or on Facebook. You can also join my private VIP group for my boudoir clients. It's Boudoir Photos with Anderson. And it's really exciting because all this, I don't know what happened, but all of a sudden, Ladies have, like, started reaching out to me in mass, like, from COVID, completely closing me down and not doing any boudoir shoots for a few weeks. I have, like, six on my on my schedule right now, so I'm pretty That's excited. That's great. It's exciting that women are feeling confident in all of those areas, not only their health, but to give a little something, something to themselves and their partner. That's really exciting. I'm excited for them. Oh. And then you also tackled such a, was that, yeah, last week? Two weeks ago. That was two weeks ago. You did our family photos two weeks ago. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm so excited to get to hang out with you again today (laughs) to capture some more. So, um, yeah, if you haven't been checking out Jess's pictures, I have – oh, I'll have to show you. I just got my wedding book in. Um, Charlene, Tony's mother, made this beautiful book for us. And so it was really special because Tony and I looked through it together. And, of course, 99.9% of the photos are yours. Mm -hmm. So it was just really great to like that. And I was like, this is the one she was talking about. This is what she – we were talking Mm -hmm. about reenacting some of our pictures from our wedding. So, yeah, you just – Somebody recently asked me if I would recommend Anderson, which was a silly question for them to ask me. But I can't, I mean, you wouldn't even be able to tell it was your first wedding. And it was, it was just perfect. Like, I tell everybody, like, I got all the photos I wanted. I didn't have to feel insecure or silly for asking for them. Uh, You gave me more than I expected. And you were also, like, a coordinator. You were the one the one that was, like, making sure my bridesmaids where they needed to be, like, r- gentle reminders on time and all of that kind of jazz. So, yeah, you get way more than you bargain for in the best way possible. So, y'all, it's, I mean, you know that you're about to be booking, rebooking your wedding. So, <laughs> make sure you get with Jess when you can because there's a baby coming soon. So, there's a baby coming soon. There's a baby coming soon. So, don't get married in, like, a year from now because... Yeah. Yeah. No, there's like a six to eight week potential possibility that you might not get Jess. So, so get married now. Yeah, so the first couple of months of 2021, don't plan a wedding. Yeah, and it's winter anyway. It's a, right, yeah. I shouldn't say that. Winter's special. It's nice. I just don't want to get married in it. And so, I, uh, <laughs> I, hate, I hate snow. <laughs> well, you were born in January though, so. That's why I hate snow. It ruins my birthday. Uh, All right, so I don't even know where you can find me just about anywhere right now. Um, The VIP page is hopping. I I find a lot of um, connection in that page right now. So if you need a place for sexual wellness and intimacy building, definitely let me know if you're 18 years or older and a feminine energy, and we'll get you added to that for sure. Um, Instagram? Mm-hmm. vote for parties i just post on instagram yes i'm such a slob about instagram it's not even funny you'll find me on my stories still messing things up 
It's my claim to fame now these days. Definitely follow on my personal page because right now we've got every Monday night I do a live. I've been ugh, like just inundated with love from other women right now um, for all the good reasons, all the good feels. So make sure you check that out every Monday night. And then, of course, tomorrow is Thursday, which means we are back in my own kitchen with cooking in Chef Tone's kitchen. <laughs> he doesn't know what he's cooking yet. So it'll be a very fun surprise. I'll learn it approximately two hours before I show it to you. So that yeah. yeah. And I don't know if you saw the apron that Charlene sent him. Cole wore it last week in the live. Yeah. And it looks yeah. like, it, it, I sent a picture of Charlene, um, uh, Tony in it. And she's like, it looks like he's wearing a giant post-it. <laughs> I was like, that's right. And somebody tell me why aprons are white. That's, yeah, that's a good question. Tony said there's a reason behind it, but he didn't know. I feel like professionally. It should be black. Right? Yeah, that's because stains and stuff. Right. Professional chefs don't aren't messy they're very clean with their things so I feel for like, the most part so i feel like it's white because it shows how professional they are um uh, maybe they don't get stains maybe i'll have to google that later i'll google it okay so um oh yeah and the last thing i just want to say by the way is that i my empowerment classes are back i'm so excited uh my june class is full but uh there will be one in july so if you are interested in that there has been some hot buzz happening Sorry, I'm yawning. It's okay. Pregnancy is exhausting. I was just trying to remember what day it was. I, was I don't even know. No, I mean <laughs> I the, the class. Oh, class. <laughs> How unprofessional. So if you're just like looking to get right with yourself and your wealth and your health and well-being and your mental and physical space and your spirituality and whatever I didn't say, passion, I don't know. Let me know. $30, it will kickstart a lot of great things. Jess Anderson might have launched her photo business. Was that after taking that class? There was something that sparked you to take the class or uh, to finally do it your besides wedding. me telling you. Oh, I was just basically, yes, yeah. you're doing my wedding. So yeah, get ready. Exactly. Yeah. I tell people you bullied me into starting my own business, but in a loving way. Because mm-hmm. <laughs> it, it And was it's not even that it was a bully because it was like <laughs> months and months and months of let's just, what are you doing? Yeah, what exactly. are you doing? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Whatever. <clears throat> my point is, is it, find me if you want to get to the class. Okay. <laughs> That's my point. Is a, and um, I'll have a an actual date for the next podcast to go out because I'm excited to get those back on the the calendar for sure. So what we decided to continue with is we've had such massive success and feedback from the series where we focused on how to have the best sex of your life uh, and breaking that down into some components. So hopefully it was more digestible and at, what's the word for completable? I don't know. Easy to comprehend. Comprehensible. Digestible. Yeah, I was on a phone call today, somebody said, dumb it down, and I'm like, that's it. Like, that's my philosophy, is that you should be able to explain anything in life in a mannerism that a seven-year-old will be able to understand it, mm-hmm. and <clears throat> and be okay with that, because I just think that, when you talk about, like, me using big words, mm-hmm. like, it's, it, it's, uh, it's hard, because, like, sometimes it's, it's not, like, at, as an asinine way to say, it's like, I just think that people know those words, yeah. because I heard them, so I think think that somebody knows them but i i'm always so grateful when you say it like for, so when people say i don't know what that means i'm never like Pfft. right how do you not have you never heard that so if you can look at that as a philosophy for everything whether you're a big word talker if you are a math person like mental math in your head whatever it is um you should never get so high on your pedestal that you if somebody who's over the age of seven is like i don't understand what you're saying that you make them feel bad about that well and i was thinking i took a complete opposite direction when when you're explaining that 
if you say everything or explain everything the way a seven-year-old will understand it, I use that in my co-parenting and I use that in my relationship to Brett. Like, you know, earlier this week we had a pretty ugly disagreement, a pretty ugly arg like argument. I don't want to call it a fight, but we just... We had a heavy a disagreement. It was a very heavy disagreement. And when I finally was able to verbalize why I was so upset, I made sure to dumb it down so that it was very clear. There was no room for interpretation or miscommunication. It was, this is what happened. This is how I interpreted it in the moment. This is how it made me feel. Now, like, now I can see your side of things. I can see what your intentions were. Now that but, things aren't so hot. Yeah, exactly. But I dumbed it down and I broke it down and I made sure <clears throat> that it was clear to comprehend. I think it's just the phrase that it feels like it could be borderline offensive. You know, like, so when you put it in that perspective of, would my seven-year-old understand this? That, I don't know, maybe that's just me. Like, it feels well, more compassionate? I don't know. Yeah, because the way I talk to my, you know, I have an eight-year-old bonus son. When I talk to him about things, like, I talk to him about everything going on with the race stuff going on in, the, in society. There we go. I forgot how <laughs> pregnant spring. Mm -hmm. um, but everything that's going on in the world right now, you know, he's seen the protesters. He's seen the damage at some of the local businesses that have been um, looted or destroyed. And instead of just saying, oh, like something bad happened or, oh, let's not talk about that. I told him exactly what happened, what happened in Minnesota, what's happened in Georgia, like in terms that an eight-year-old can comprehend and in a way that it won't scare him or frighten him. But he now knows and he can have a conversation about what's happening in the world. So I feel pretty good about my ability to talk to an eight-year-old in a way that he understands and that's age appropriate. But if you approach every situation in life with that mentality... You know, even when you're talking to a college professor or your boss at work, don't don't approach it in a, I'm going to talk to you like an eight-year-old because you're stupid and you can't comprehend what I'm saying. Right. But if you have the compassion of, I want to make sure that this is crystal clear, there's no room for miscommunication or error, mm -hmm. so I'm going to make sure that anyone listening can comprehend it. Yeah, and I would also say, like, for me, I like to, for myself personally, I, I come from a place where it's... It just feels nice to be able to share it with somebody. Yeah. Like, not from, like, a teacher-student perspective, but, like, from a colleague, maybe? I don't know. Like, something lin more linear, mm -hmm. you know what I mean? So there's no n nothing in there. So, I don't know. But th that's where I come from from it. Like, it's just nice to be able to feel like you imparted wisdom, maybe? I don't know. Yeah. Okay. So that was a nice 10 minute segment of not anything about sex, but also <laughs> everything about sex. Everything about sex. Yeah, because it's all connected together. So if you aren't authentically having conversations that make you feel relieved at the end of the day, or dare I say, add to the progressive movement of humanity, then <clears throat> what are some additional things that you need to be considering um, tweaking in your life? So. Today, what we wanted to talk about was kind of more of a broad option of having the best sex of your life because it is all like a giant cog in the wheel. Everything has its place. So if you're not specifically looking at an activity, if you're not specifically looking at a subject in terms of category, like fetish, porn, whatever, like we want to talk about, then how can you like back it all up so the picture is a little grainier? in a good way. Like everything kind of blends together. And then I think that not only will take pressure off of people in terms of feeling like they have to know it all and mm -hmm. they have to be like these sexual beings, um, it levels it out. So that way they all blend together from your intimate life into your everyday life to your business life. And that might sound bizarre and weird because there's boundaries there. Okay. Mm -hmm. But that goes like just if, 
if you're feeling more sensual, it'll lead you to be more compassionate. With compassionate will allow you empathy. So it's all connected together. And you can have compassion and empathy for coworkers and and leadership and all that stuff. And then into your relationships again, that translates into the bedroom. You can't see me, but I'm drawing a triangle. Mm-hmm. So and they're all connected. Oh, there's a triangle. <laughs> Favor. Anyway, anyway. So um right before we jumped on, I just I assumed the worst when you go to Google and you search for like ways to spice up the bedroom, I guess. I don't know. It's all the same, right? It's very much cliche, the things that you would think. And um, today, like, so I'll just go off of these top 10. It says sexting, master the art of the quickie, role play, the gift of giving. Um, And that actually was specific to it says a gift. Like I wasn't sure if that was, they were referring to oral, but it talks about sending flowers. Leave her a reminder. I would agree with that one though. Mm-hmm. Explore new areas. Um, they're talking about the body. Fantasy. Add a little danger in terms of bungee jumping, rock climbing, because that will increase um, hormones basically. Adrenaline, so on and so forth. Go toy shopping together mm-hmm. and lay down some rules. And that is referencing social working calendars are so jam packed. So you must make sure that there's boundaries, basically. And if you need to book it, whatever. So <clears throat> that's pretty much what I would have suspected, um, which is great. I think there's some that are in there that are we could totally talk a little bit more about. Oh, yeah. But where would you say you think that this kind of starts? So, in my mind, spicing up the bedroom comes from that <laughs> communication is always my first thing. But I, what, what I thought of first is that game that you and Tony always play. Like the three, three, things. three yeah. questions. Yeah. The three questions. Mm-hmm. And so, will you explain yeah. exactly what that yeah. is? It, it, this was just, I think, I want to say a veil for me. I talk about all the time that, like, face-to-face communication is still hard for me to this day. I am so much better at it now. Um, and I mean specifically with Tony. He's the only person that I have a hard time. Well, I shouldn't say that. Okay. <laughs> Confrontation's not my thing. Um, but especially intimate conversations were really hard for me to have face-to-face. So um, he was really great about making me feel comfortable initially in general. But I felt a level of vulnerability that I could be with him through text message very quickly. So we invented this game and it was more of me just trying to get to know each other in the beginning of a relationship. And it was a rapid fire kind of version. Tell me three of your favorite books, three of your favorite colors, three of your favorite memories, anything, anything you can think of. And when you start off with it like that, it's very fun and you get to learn so much about your partner, but you will quickly learn out, run out of mild topics to pick. You just can only ask like how many kinds of macaroni and cheese do you like, you don't get that specific. So it obviously bleeds into more intimate things. Um, and you can be very, still be very vanilla and basic if you want it to be. But um, I think you'll find that obviously if you're connecting with your partner, it's going to get dirty fast. Oh, yeah. And you can start out with mild, intimate questions. Yeah. Like, where are the three places that you like to be kissed the most? Like, you know. Tell me three of your favorite dates you've ever been on. Yeah. That's why I, I want to know why you had fun on a date, right? Right. Yeah. Yeah. So, yes. So that was the first thing that came to my mind when I was thinking of spicing up the bedroom. Because I guess being in the profession that you and I have been in with, you know, our company and intimacy uh-huh. and sexual education – to me, the first thing always comes down to communication. And if you don't know what your partner wants, if you don't know what you want, if you guys don't know what each other wants, there's a there's something missing and you need to figure out what it is. So communicate. Um, 
then that leads into the whole texting. So then the next thing that comes to mind for me is my dirty GIF game. Yeah, I, you mentioned that in the last podcast. Yeah, mm-hmm. I feel very talented at finding <laughs> inappropriate things, or it's even more fun to find things that are not, like, right off the bat inappropriate, but in the context of your conversation mm-hmm. can be taken. Oh, yeah, in your window. Yes. Yes. So it, it's very fun for me. You can download, like, I had to download on my iPhone, um, like, a... It's not an app, but it's a, a like an uh, add-on, like a keyboard sure, add-on sure, sure, sure. Um, to have GIFs in my text message keyboard so that it's not through Facebook Messenger, it's not through an app, it's just through my text messages. But it, it has a pretty wide source of, of GIFs. Like, mm-hmm. it, like it's not limited to a certain theme. You can find almost anything on there. Um, and there's some, t- like they're adding new ones all the time. So... If you like GIFs on social media, like if you use them, check them out and see how sexual they can get or how intimate they can get. And sometimes I will just send Brett like a suggestive GIF and then it'll like spark an entire conversation right. that lasts the whole day. That's funny that you say that because I'm having this aha moment that for me, like I, it was kind of like the same thing. Like I told Tony at some point, like I'm like, maybe I just need like a code word. Mm-hmm. I'm not comfortable initiating but I do want you to know, right? So same kind of, I don't remember what it was though, to be honest, but it was like, I'm going to do this thing. I'm going to say this thing or whatever. And you can't make, like, you, you know that I'm telling you this, I'm going to be embarrassed. That's my problem. So give me, give me the freedom to do whatever. Yeah. My problem is that I have zero problem initiating mm-hmm. sex, but then it's my desire. My desire is that I want my partner to initiate sure, sex more. Sure, sure, sure. But my libido has always been high, and now that I'm pregnant, it's even mm-hmm. more high. Mm-hmm. And so, it, it great with the scale of libidos, mine is definitely higher. But Brett does a pretty good job of matching. Um, but I initiate more, and so sometimes it's I'm like I'm just gonna send him a gift while he's at work via text message he can look at it when he when he has time and then hopefully when he gets home like that'll be enough for him to like start doing his thing and then i won't feel like i had to initiate sure you know it's just a little but that's but yeah that's exactly breadcrumbs is a really great way to say that because that's why i talk to people about love languages love languages i don't even know if we've ever covered that on the podcast it's not it's not anything specific to us go google it it's great there's a book you don't have to read it i don't think the quiz i think is sufficient enough if you're in a relationship take it with your partner take it at least twice a year they will change depending on your environment. If you're not familiar, <laughs> shortest version, I just snorted twice in this podcast. Uh, people like to give and receive love five different manners, but the problem is, is we often give from our own love language because it's what we know. And um, it can be through gift giving. It can be through words of affirmation, physical touch, quality time. And um, what did I miss? I don't know. Um, quality time, physical touch, words of affirmation, gift giving, and... Acts of service. Yeah. And I, I had it at the end. Okay, anyway, it doesn't matter. Okay, so um, <clears throat> I said Casey all that time. What I always just like to tell people is at the beginning of our relationship, I, I've always been a gift giver. It's been pretty clear. Mm-hmm. Um, I used to give Tony stuff constantly. And he he wasn't mean about it. It was just kind of like, okay, like why do you keep buying me all this stuff? And, and I, I was offended but didn't understand why because I didn't know my love language at the time. So I was – internally, I was feeling – neglect not neglected rejected i don't know i screwed those up um and he didn't know he was rejecting me he was just kind of like like it's okay it's cool like i know you like me kind of thing like you already have me slow down kind of things and i learned that his love language was uh physical touch and quality time and those were the lowest on my quiz so it's it was easy to see why we could have a disconnection um in our relationship so 
the the misconception about gift giving is that it has to be some grand gesture all the time. But when we learned about each other's love language, like still to this day, seven years into our relationship, he still texts me every day on his way home from work and asks me if, he, if I need anything. And um, for me, like I knew it was important to him. So I initiate hold, holding hands in easier places like like the car or even just sitting on the couch together. Um, you know, and I know that I know quality time to him means like no phone. Like it's not sitting in a room together. My phone needs to be off and away. So when you start to, uh, live in each other's love languages, to me, it's mental foreplay. Mm -hmm. So, and don't use the word foreplay if that makes you uncomfortable. Like if you, if you're like, oh, but that means it has to lead to sex. It absolutely does not. It's just like, it's the same thing as if you'd hug your partner goodbye or tell them that you love them when you hang up the phone. It's not different. Mm -hmm. And what's really interesting is that now I just, just recently took the, the quiz again. My love language gift giving has dropped down and physical touch and quality time have gone up. So I would have never guessed that in a million years that they would ever change. I feel like I'm a very materialistic person. <laughs> I'm detaching from that. But but because I'm in this relationship with this person who that was so important to, it became important to me because I wanted to give him what he wanted. Mm-hmm. So I highly recommend love languages. And like I said, take it, take it often because it can change for sure. But um, when you said that, for you, everything boils down to communication. I don't disagree with that. Um, but I feel like it's interesting because I think for me, my number one is more about alignment. But before there's communication between partners, like things didn't get notebook worthy in my mm-hmm. relationship. Uh, it was, it's always been great. Like I feel guilty sometimes about how well my relationship has worked out for me. But in, um, in the beginning, I had no alignment with what sexuality meant to me and um, maybe being detached from the love languages, not mm-hmm. knowing any of that kind of stuff. But all my past traumas and triggers and who I was in a relationship was not going to fit in this box like immediately. And I could yeah. see that. And that's the first time it was like <laughs> Tony had a giant squirt bottle. It's like, no. <laughs> He was just so patient with me and was was able to do the things you said earlier, like break it down for me and say, like, what's wrong? And I'd be like, eh, you know, that's that's my thing is like, leave me alone for three days. No, I would I would really prefer it if we just talk through it and, you know, didn't waste three days and not talking to the show. That sounds much better. Let's do that. So it's alignment that he was able to give me permission to figure out because if it wouldn't have been for him, I would have continuously looked for my worth in a, in a relationship. Mm-hmm. I know that now. So I've been given such a gift that I've been able to step back and even just go for me, what does joy look like in a relationship? What does support look like in a relationship? And I just had this ugh, disgusting thought. Like, so one of, so one of my biggest fears I still can't get past is like, my husband is 11 years older than me. Women already live longer than men. And I'm like, how am I, how do I, it's, it's not, it's not a stupid question to be able to ask myself, like, what would I do or how would I grieve if my husband was no longer here? And while I can't say whether or not I would date again or, or not, I almost cried out of guilt for going, I, I know I'd be okay because of who he's allowed for me to figure out I wanted to be in my relationship with being happy is not dependent on my relationship with him anymore. Mm-hmm. And it used to be with men for sure. So that's a bigger gift, which allows for me to st- step back and say like my, my vows to my husband are not till the day we die, like for better or for worse. It's I'm actually going to try to be the best person I can be. 
and not let my happiness be dependent on you, which I think is better for the both of us, which will inspire me to be the best person I can be. And then hopefully that inspires you to do the same. And if it doesn't work out, but yeah, let's, okay, if it doesn't work out, we just sign another piece of paper <laughs> and move, move our asses along. But we get so hell bent on the definitions of what everything needs to mean and whatever mm-hmm. that you forget to go back to the primordial soup of you're just a sensual being and it should just feel good. How about that? Right. <laughs> so get, get real with yourself, love yourself a little bit more, figure out what it means to you. Um, which does take communication between you and that monkey mind. Okay. So I guess maybe, yeah, it just still boils back down to communication. It does. Well, and that's what I was thinking is that there were part, there are parts in it that you were talking about. And then I was just like, well, it feels like you found your alignment because Tony was communicating with you. So it, it, I think tied together maybe. Yeah. They work together really well. So alignment with communication. Yeah. Okay. So that's kind of where spicing up your sex life, your intimate life kind of it starts with is yeah. having co- those hard conversations with your partner and yourself. So yeah, I yeah. like it. I, I really like, I really liked that you brought up alignment. Yeah. Um, but th- I know we've talked about this on, on podcasts before and it's so important that I want to stress it on this one. Communication is not always verbal communicate, especially most of the time is not. Yes. Especially intimate communication. So when you're in the bedroom, in the, in the moment, if you don't feel comfortable in that moment, verbalizing something, there are different ways that you can communicate what feels good and what doesn't. So making sure that you're, you know, squeezing like your partner so that they know like, Oh, she's applying more pressure on my leg or my arm. So that must feel really good. Mm -hmm. You know, she's laughing, smiling. So she's having a good time. She is moaning if you're comfortable doing that Mm -hmm. or sighing. Mm -hmm. Like, so something I did feel is really good. Um, gasping is really good. If you're not comfortable moaning, Mm -hmm. like a a subtle gas, take your breath away kind of thing. Exactly. Um, and (laughs) the conversations that I have had with my male friends is that that is what turns them on in the bedroom. So not only is it, you know, guys, tend to, or at least the men that I've talked to tend to be really turned on by confidence in the bedroom, like that their, their partners show or exude. Is that the right word? Sure. Um, but it's, it's those sighs and those moans and that it's the the subtle cues of she's having a good time or they are having a good time. So that makes me feel like I'm allowed to have a good time too, because in my opinion, in today's society with women becoming more empowered to speak out against the negative sexual encounters that they've had in their life. Men, the good men in the world are, are starting to feel a little bit of pressure that they're afraid of crossing those boundaries unknowingly that they don't ever want to put a woman in that situation so that there is a little bit of them holding themselves back a little bit because they don't want to cross boundaries. So showing your partner, you know, not just telling your partner, but showing your partner that you're enjoying the moment. If you truly are, because don't have time to fake it. Mm -hmm. That sets sets back the intimacy way too much. And you should never feel like you need to fake it for your partner. Um, If you are truly having a good time, show them, tell them, express it some way, because then that's going to tell their brain that they're doing something good and that it's still consensual and that everyone involved is having a good time. It's authentic and genuine. Exactly. Yeah. Yes. So verbal and nonverbal communication is very important for sizing up the bedroom. Yeah. But moving on from those, um, what are some things that you would suggest for 
spicing up the bed because I feel like there's level there's definitely different levels of spicing of the bedroom so communication and all of that to me is kind of the milder things that you can do it's they're very important and they're very heavy and you should do them yeah you should focus some time on them but they're in my mind they're the easy like they're not the going BDSM like going I'm from sure. vanilla to BDSM like communication is a very natural step in anything in yeah. life because that's what that's all we do is communicate 100 percent of the time and we take in communication we give out communication um so it's a it's the very nice next step um and then to me things like bdsm and introducing toys to the bedroom is kind of the elder end of the spectrum mm-hmm. so what would you say is in the middle there like what are some steps that that ladies could take in the bedroom uh well i do think there's a lot uh, which is great. That's that's a that's a good thing. Um, and I think like what you were saying, there there is a natural progression. If you're if you're in a monogamous relationship, uh, or I should say, if you're just with a partner sexually time and time again, um, that is definitely to your benefit because that the connection will deepen. If the if it, as we said, if it was authentic and genuine, the pleasure will increase time and time again because not only. It, the muscle memory we talked about, mm-hmm. but then you also build up your confidence in how you respond back to your partner and let them know what feels good. Um, so there's a trickle down effect and I, it's actually a trickle up effect in my opinion, because it's elevating and that's what you want. So it really just kind of depends people to people. As we talked about in a previous podcast, you know, it, it, we don't really know how it goes anymore. Kissing to making out to oral to sex or wherever it is. Um, and as I had said, I feel like I kind of went the non-traditional route when I started to become intimate with people. But I don't. I, I think as we talk about them, you, it doesn't matter what order it goes in. Yeah. So that just just needs to be clear. And whatever just kind of piques your interest, it's like, oh, okay, that sounds good. Now, one thing I do want to say that I was just listening to recently about like people's alignment with sexuality and in a relationship because obviously like I think the biggest thing we run into is it's usually one partner wants it more than the other mm-hmm. in whatever capacity that looks like and that right there is means that you're both out of alignment so you need to to make sure that you talk about like why is it and what tends to happen is that nobody talks about it so then you draw away from each other because there's no easy solution at that point right if the partner who wants to have more intimate time with their partner asks them about it and says like well could you just try then that's bad right if they could just wane off and back away and okay we'll see where it goes but then they're out of alignment with their sexuality so and then there's the third option which would be to cheat because you're not getting what you need but most people don't want to do that so right and then there's the last option which is leave your partner because they're not giving you what you want but you don't want to leave your partner so it's such a lose-lose situation and then you have the other side of the spectrum of course where whatever is out of alignment for this person who doesn't currently want to be intimate right all of those those options we talked about they're obviously displeasing to that person too so that i think is where people just it just gets bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger until it's almost a ticking time bomb i i can literally say that there are women at parties i can tell I can tell by their aura, like I don't see colors, but you can just feel that tension surrounding them. They're uncomfortable at your parties for a reason, right? Because they roll their eyes, they scoff when you talk about like how, like I would talk about a statistic about sex or how often people are intimate or what women, like especially women's body type, like reactions to foreplay. And when people are like, yeah, right, 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 they're like, girl. Mm-hmm. What are you doing here? I know what you're doing here because you're curious as hell because you like sex. You want to be into sex, but your alignment's telling you, I don't like it. It's gross. It's whatever. So 
you have to make sure that you are in the same place. And I think what's nice about these things we're about to talk about is that maybe you're not at the full blown place where you can be intercourse, let's say. Mm-hmm. Okay. So these will be really fun. But more importantly, um, what I think is a, a good idea to think about, like if you're trying to spice things up is to also remember that sometimes you're getting into a groove, something's going to feel really great. You're gonna have a routine, you love it. Um, and then maybe you just start discovering something new slightly and you either add it into your repertoire until it becomes like a five day sex session. You gotta start trimming mm-hmm. it out. Right. Mm-hmm. Or maybe you just retire things that don't excite you as much as they used to. So, um, that's what the whole point of what spicing it up is all about, I think. So one easy thing, I think, with massage. Yeah. Um, and I think that, one, it's both sides of the spectrum. People forget how mild massage can be. Mm-hmm. Like, if your partner is in a hard labor job, you should absolutely be considering rubbing them down for, for, for when they get home from work all the time, okay? Like, I don't do anything physical, okay? I sit in the sun with my kids all day, and then I work from online, mm-hmm. right? My husband, who already has bone on bone in both of his knees and has had a replacement, is a hard physical labor job. He's up and down on ladders. Like, come come on. Of course I'm going to ask him, can I rub your knees every night? Okay, not every night. But I offer to, I would think, that than more m- women might, typically, mm-hmm. from my experience, all right? So that's one thing. That's so. That's very mild, right? I love it when he passes out on the couch, right? Like, I was like, I feel so good that it's just resting. Like, he's resting. For, for me right now, it's I'm pregnant and my hips are expanding. Uh, yeah. And I'm in so much pain that when Brett even touches my butt, like, not in a sexual way, but just like just to like, massage, yeah. like, I keel over, like, drooling. Cause yeah. Like, it feels so nice. Like, I was like, we don't have to have sex tonight if you don't want to. But, like, just this is enough up. for me. This is yeah. enough. So, yeah, so I agree 100% massage yeah. is amazing. And very mild. That can yeah. be how mild it is. And then I think there's obviously, um, you can be full naked with oil if you wanted to. And I think that's probably the other end of the spectrum. But there's so much in between. Like, yeah. whatever you're comfortable with. If partner has their shorts on but no shirt, maybe you're the same way. Or maybe it's the opposite. Maybe you have on a pair of sexy underwear and you have just, like, a t-shirt on. That's okay. Like, the, it, it, it's whatever you, you could be in your sexiest lingerie if you wanted to. Um, and you can incorporate whatever you want. If you just have lotion at home, great. If you've got actual essential oils with pheromones in them, that'll kick the mood up a notch. If you've got a candle that is a soy candle that you can use for massage, I highly recommend that. You're adding heat into the bedroom in a very mild experience and it elevates the senses. Oh yeah. So that would be what I would say with for massage. Um, I think that we talked enough about oral last week. If you didn't catch podcast number 24, you catch it there. Mm-hmm. Um, I think as you talked about with BDSM, the appeal is people are curious. Mm-hmm. And so you can go incredibly mild. Like I am beyond handcuffs for anybody. Like I just think that it's, it's cliche. cliche you know, I think, um, I would say what you want to think more about, not necessarily, I mean, if you're into tightness, then get it. But like, if you think about like using silky ties, not only, of course, like the appeal is it's something my partner might wear to work, but it's also softer on the skin mm-hmm. and fabric isn't really important for a lot of people. If you ever carried a blankie when you were a kid, like don't be surprised if you like silky sheets and there's nothing wrong with that. Like I think that it's so hard for us to discern from the fact that something sexual or comforting in sex might be stemming from when we were infants and that's hard to, mm-hmm. to but that's why. So there's nothing wrong with it. It's, a, it's okay. Yeah, All right. Just don't suck your thumb during sex. Okay? Do it afterwards when and you're what, done. Unless you're into that. Okay. Well, yeah, that's true. Uh, I didn't think about that, honestly. Yes. Yeah. And uh, I will say if you like 
if you like feeling bound or t- uh, tied up mm. tightness, mm-hmm. um, checking into rope and things yeah. like that. Yeah, I got a great girl that could talk to you about ties, by the way. Yes. And I, like this is kind of, I'm going to interject this, is that if you're interested in, in learning about those things, there are classes where people can teach you how to do those things safely because there are, if you don't want to end up in the emergency room. I don't think that's anyone's goal ever during sex or intimate time is ending it, ending up at the hospital. So if you are very truly curious about those things and, and there are classes, you can Kink.com is a great site. It is. Mm-hmm. Yes. But you know, I was thinking, like, you can make it a girls' night. You can make that it, like, a, like, make it a fun learning experience with your friends. Go to a pure romance party. Whatever yeah. you need to learn about these things. and then Check you with come. your consultant if they do classes. Yeah. And then you can come home and talk to your partner about it and teach your partner about it. Um, or surprise them if they're if that's something that they're into that you're trying to learn more about to help please your partner. Yeah. Or to give them that gift, that experience. Um, so, yeah. So, classes are a great way that to learn about bedroom without actually being in the bedroom yeah I think in my opinion it takes off some of the pressure yeah I think it's just um what I run into a lot is especially for women they feel like it would be really hard to get a lot of male partners to those kinds of things I think that there's a whole community of guys are like absolutely not let's do that but I I mean there's a certain type yeah I think of guy of course and that's hard because again that's out of alignment Mm -hmm. I'm curious I want to try new things with you I want to elevate this this experience versus we don't do that mm-hmm. for whatever reason. So that's out of alignment. So make sure, again, you're having conversations about that. Um, now, when it comes to tie, tying down too, I think that, again, that's, there's, there's where with every spectrum, there's going to be different gray areas or whatever. Um, and I think that the misconception about that is that, like, it has to be, like, you are tied to a bed. Yeah. And it can be incredibly loose. Um, one thing I always talk about with my clients is, you can start with one limb if it's about if you if you, more people than not tend to go towards tying down because of control. Yeah. Either you have so much control in your everyday life that you're tired of it, so you want somebody else to take control, and that in that instance you would probably like to be tied down, or maybe you have zero control in your everyday life, and you just that's a, somebody with high anxiety would probably like to tie somebody down. Mm-hmm. So. Um, and it, by the way, it's interchangeable. You might be one one week and the other the other week, or you might really want your partner to be one for you. So again, talk to them about that. But um, yeah, you start with one limb if you are the control freak mm-hmm. and you're like, I want to do it, but I don't know how I'm going to give up control. That's right. how you would start, one limb. It doesn't have to be your arm even. It could be a foot. Oh, yeah. Oh, and I love teaching women about um, tying your ankles together mm-hmm. because then your partner can hold whatever tie or string that's between your legs can hold it up which will help alleviate the pain on your hips and your knees during sex in different positions Mm -hmm. so being tied up or tied down doesn't necessarily have to be about you not being able to move it can it can really be an aid for positioning positioning. yeah i agree and it, it makes sex more pleasurable because you're taking pressure off of um sore joints bad back whatever so looking into different position aids is a great I would option. agree with that too, yeah. Um, and that can be as easy as using the pillows that you have in your house mm-hmm. or um, they have sexual position pillows is what I just wrote down. Um, and you can even, I'm pretty sure on Amazon they call them like sleeping pillow, like like reading aids <laughs> oh, or something. Really? Yeah, that's yeah. <laughs> so funny. Um, so that would be a, a something else too. And I, I think that that's really great if you can lean into like using it as an excuse. Like, no, I just, my back hurts. <laughs> If you need to, whatever. If, like, if you need to, to open yeah. that doorway and to try it. And then, and then you're like, holy crap, like how great this is. Maybe I should flip over on it. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I would agree with that too. So, um, yeah. Changing positions was one of the other things I have here too. 
Um, I would agree. Like, I think that at least for most people, I don't know how it is today, but when I was growing up, you almost always, always, always saw missionary Mm -hmm. in movies and TV. Almost always. You rarely even saw a girl on top, and I would suspect that it's just like how I can cover their boobies on television. Yeah. Um, I think that's it, honestly. Yeah. Or doggy style, even. Like, sometimes. Sometimes. Like, like in movies and, like, in in pop culture, it, it didn't always look pleasurable in my opinion no. because the women's like facial expressions were always like really over the top like they weren't actually to me they didn't actually look like they were having sex it looked like they were putting on a show mm-hmm. um but yeah so changing up positions is a great a great thing to do but because of the lack of exposure to yes. positions yeah doing a little bit of research might be required mm-hmm. and i i think it's great you can google um you can find I mentioned it earlier, BuzzFeed articles. You can find books. Like, is it Kama Sutra? The Kama Sutra, yeah. yeah. Um, That's probably one of the most common people know about. Yes. So I like to, the, the thing that I did for my clients was that I challenged them. Um, I gave them a new position once a week. And I <laughs> challenged, that was their homework for the week, was try this position this week. So it didn't have to be one a day. It didn't have to be one a month. Like, just one a week so that you're, you know, if you're having sex, once a week making sure that your internal organs are healthy and everything's flowing the way it should be, but spicing it up a little bit and changing it up. And you can find really great information on different positions and how to beginner each position, moderate and like expert. So it's small variations of the same position that heighten or change the pleasure for those. So do a little bit of research and it can be fun because like, I, I personally really like checking things off lists. It, it's very, like, calming and soothing to me. So if you're that type of person that's like, okay, well, my goal is for this year, I've got 50 positions, and I want to try all 50 this year. You have a whole year, so that's one a week on average. So you can check it off, and by the end of the year, you can look back and be like, wow, we had a really great year. Like, you know, you were willing, my partner was willing to try all these different positions with me. And then you can make notes about which ones you liked and which ones you didn't like, and... So that's funny. So it's Kama Sutra. Kama Sutra. Yeah, I said it wrong too. But um, there, yeah, there's like position of the day playbook. There's 365 sex positions. This is so funny because you put it in, if you put this into Google and you try to search images, it only gives you book covers. Mm-hmm. Like it doesn't even like give you. And it's related searches, Kama Sutra book pictures. <laughs> <laughs> so um, yeah, I think that I would, I would agree with that. Like that's primarily what people see as their resource for alternative positions which Mm -hmm. is not bad there's a reason why like this is and this would be more sensually related so I wouldn't discount this by any means I really enjoy the ones that you had in your group um, because it explained very to the point about why try it what it stimulates and you know how you make it how you elevate it is what the third one was Um, and I've already said I wanted to steal those from Jess so um, we'll get them going but but I would agree, like, not only does that also, like, just like a position pillow, it can alleviate pain or discomfort in a certain position. I just don't think people understand the power of increasing potential pleasure for mm-hmm. both people involved. Oh, yeah. Different angles, like, everybody, and this is, I think, one of the things that people need to be reminded of is that everybody's bodies are different. So your hot spots are going to be different. Even, even like, if, let's for say, you don't like your earlobes touched, but somebody, it drives them crazy. Like, that's... That's one type of pleasure point. But when you talk about clitoris and vulva and, you know, 
um, any part of the penis, whatever, those are actual nerve ending hotspots that are meant for sensuality and sexuality. So those spots are not still not going to be the same. Somebody is going to be like over the moon, you know, for the tip of the penis to be touched. But for somebody else, it could be so highly sensitive that they don't like that. So um, just remember, and internally, you throw that in there. Okay, come on. For women, the, you just... <laughs> almost just said just sit on a pole and spin like in the in the best way possible because you'll figure out where the nooks and crannies are in the sweetest way possible that sends you over the edge and you're not going to figure that out if you're only in doggy style position or only in cowgirl or only in reverse cowgirl or mm-hmm. only in doggy style there's there's only a handful that i think that most people are com- like commonly know oh yeah and i mean anything's a position by the way like yeah. oh, it doesn't yeah. matter like it doesn't have to follow the poster or whatever this is oh yeah well and just coming from it i call myself like a new parent because i i've only had bonus kids in my life for a little over a year and a half but finding positions that are less obvious of what you're doing beneath the sheets <laughs> so if kids happen to walk in on you you don't have to complete like do you not out. have a lock on your door no our door doesn't lock oh our door, my god our door doesn't even latch like our building is so old that the door shifted and we've never gotten it fixed and so we have to be careful. And there have been times where we like, so, we are, like, are having what? sex in positions to avoid <laughs> the kids being what? Like so just sitting on his lap. Hey, what, like what? Like no, like you could like lay down, like, oh, like on your side, yeah, like, like you're cuddling. Mm-hmm. So, so yeah, so it's there are different positions. That you, you ain't having know. doggy style in your house right now. Is what you're saying? When the kids are there, we only have the kids fifty percent of the time. So thank God, thank God for that sex yes. part. By um, the way. And, oh, that's a good, I mean, that's, you brought up a good point, or you made me think of something really good, is that in different seasons of life, different positions are going to feel better. So yeah, that's true. Me being pregnant right now, like, I've always enjoyed doggy style, and this might be, I don't know, TMI, but what is, this is a podcast <laughs> yeah. about sex. Um, I have always enjoyed doggy style sex, but being pregnant, it is like on X, I feel like I'm having sex on ecstasy during doggy style, because it just hits things different, and my body, things internally are moving around, so mm-hmm. my hot spots my pleasure points are moving and i'm having to rediscover them so having sex when you're pregnant is really fun like, yeah my, well for for your for me, experience yeah, for yes experience. i would second that for both of my pregnancies it was the same yes. very much the same and if that's not you i am so sorry because i know that, that yeah. some women are yes can't can't you just can't i get it okay so um now that i'm distracted by there's a coloring book. They have a coloring book. That's awesome. Yeah, that's awesome. Hey, that's a form of foreplay. You For part- sure. You and your partner can take it to work or slay. Yeah, don't y'all, don't forget that Jesse Anderson used to write erotic novels, guys. Yes, I did. <laughs> So if you need her to spice something up for you, she'll write y'all a short story. <laughs> now I'm charging. Okay. Um, so yes, I would, I would say that this is probably debatable for some people and I would caution what I'm about to say. Um, I think that heighteners are a great thing. Um, oh, sorry, heighteners. Like I'm talking about like, I was gonna say libations, like, like having a beer or two. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I would very much say, like I mentioned this on a previous podcast that like, I know for myself that I'm at a place where I understand what alcohol does to my body. I'm, I do not use it as an escape. And I can honestly say that there were parts of my life. I probably, not mm-hmm. probably, I was, I was, um, but watching my mom fall very heavy into addiction. I am so conscious about it that I know that. I mean, you can ask my husband, like I'm pretty much down to a half a beer or barely the full beer whenever I'm 
kind of hanging out because I know that that's just the right amount to get a small buzz Mm -hmm. instead of I am way beyond ever being like wasted or drunk anymore like that's just not a fun feeling um in the moment and then even the next day exactly well and that's that reason there is exactly why I decided to go sober Mm -hmm. 108 days ago um was because I just got tired of the the after feeling of how I felt but I will say that this baby was encouraged by other things, not alcohol related. Right. We, we did get pregnant because we partook in other things. Some edibles. Some edibles, yes. Yeah. So. Well, and that's what's what I'm talking about because I believe that's a heightener as well. Yeah. So when that's I think you need to be careful with alcohol and I mean any drugs. Mm-hmm. Like if 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 I could say a PSA, I would say everybody should have sex on weed and CBD. And maybe, like, just a small buzz of alcohol. I, I would not suggest anything else um, in terms of, like, molly, ecstasy, cocaine. I think that those are slippery slopes. They and are. And I personally don't I think judge. that alcohol can still be a slippery yes. slope. Like, I personally don't judge because sure. I have lots of friends that Same. are very experimental. Same. But anything more than marijuana scares me. So, me too. Yeah. Because of, that re- because of the, the potential of addiction. Well, yes. And I should clarify, addiction runs in my family. So Same. I, that's another reason why I was just like, I'm just not going to drink anymore because I don't need it. I don't take Tylenol, Advil, Same. whatever, just because I'm like, my, there it runs in my family. I have addictive personalities. I don't need that. Yeah. So... Yeah, being pregnant and having all these sore bones and achy muscles, my doctor keeps saying, oh, just take an, uh, uh, I don't know if she says Advil or Tylenol. Whatever. Yeah, she's like, oh, just take this, take that. And I'm like, okay, cool, 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 cool. No, I'm just going to suffer. It's fine. <laughs> like, heating I don't pad. Need it. You need a heating pad. Yes. Yeah. A chiropractor, chiropractor, pregnancy, chiropractor. Yeah. So, so I digress. So that's, that is my personal stance. I, I have never done a drug other than marijuana. Um, and let's face it, that's a natural plant from the ground. Right. That's and why I, I feel that way about it. But. Yeah. Um, but yes, so I, I would, I, I would recommend CBD and marijuana over, um, pot, or beer, almost like pot. <laughs> yeah. Um, and, oh God, sorry, my words are getting jumbled in my head. You don't have to smoke your THC. You don't Correct. have to have an edible. There are lubricants that are THC Correct. and CBD infused. So you can find those online. Um, cause I don't know of any locally, but, um, you can, you can message me. Yeah. You should just message me yeah. if you need a resource for that, for sure. Oh, I love this whiny dog. <laughs> um, but you can experiment is my, oh. is my suggestion is, is find, like, if you want to experiment with THC, CBD, when it comes to sex or the bedroom, you can, each one of those, smoking it, edibles, and a topical cream, they all have different effects, in my opinion. They do. Because they, they have different potency. They do. Oils. Yes. Wax. Yeah, so tinctures. You've got to if you need, if you have questions, reach out. Reach yeah. out for sure because that's a whole another podcast for a whole another day for right. sure. But the um, so for me, it's like alcohol is the mindset. Like mm-hmm. it kind of like it definitely blurs shit. It does, and even if it's just like just a little bit, um, I know again I'm consciously using it to break down my feeling a little embarrassed, feeling a little shamed, um, or just opening up. A con- like a flow of conversation that I wouldn't necessarily felt com- or comfortable talking about previously. When it comes to that other end of the spectrum with the CBD and the THC, holy crap. Like, I mean, for me, again, it's natural. It comes from the ground. I guess you'll mix it and sh- that oils or whatever. It's not 100% anymore. But um, that is physiologically 
where THC can still be a mental game, mm-hmm. especially for this the CBD, it's that's that's for your body. That's a natural enhancement for your body. So aid in physical pain if that's something that is you know something that you need to focus on too. But also all these great nerve endings we're talking about. If you're heightening them some way, shape, or form. Okay, if you have a bullseye on your body, do you not want it to be as large as possible mm-hmm. and, like, easy to access? That's what those things are going to do. Um, and you don't even have to tell your partner. Like, if you're not comfortable telling them why you feel like you have to get more comfortable, yeah. then, I mean, I highly recommend it. It comes down to communication. Yeah. If they know where you need some support, then they're going to make sure to hopefully be there for you. But that's what I would say about those. Yeah. And those are probably one of my favorites to recommend. Yes, I agree. Yeah. Um, I mean, I don't... It's not far-fetched to think that we wouldn't suggest toys. Oh, yeah. Toys. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, duh. Like, but yes. And, <laughs> and there are... There's a lot of clients, a lot of women that I've talked to that don't know how to introduce toys to the bedroom mm-hmm. because their partners... Um, their partners don't want to feel replaced. They don't want to feel inadequate. Intimidated. They, intimidated. Um, so introducing sex toys, accessories into the bedroom can be intimidating or it can be a scary topic to to talk about, but there are so many different shapes, sizes of toys out there that you can get something that looks, that is tiny, that fits over the tip of your finger so that it won't be intimidating to your partner, but it vibrates a little bit and you can explain why a little bit of vibration mixed in with penetration can heighten your sexual experience. Mm -hmm. I also firmly believe in any toy that you buy for yourself as a woman to, to use on yourself, you should be using on your male partner to show them the heightened experience. Um, you can use it. We talked about it on, on our last podcast. You can use vibration, vibrating toys during oral favors and during oral sex because then you can show that it kind of helps. It helps make those connections in their brain, in the male brain yeah. that, oh, wow, like she's not, repl- like she's not using this toy to replace oral sex. She's using this to heighten oral Correct. Sex. So it's it's painting that clear picture. It's having that clear communication. It you know breaking it down, dumbing it down so that it's there's no room for misinterpretation. It's I don't want to introduce toys to the bedroom because I because I want to replace you or get rid of you. It's that I want us both to have a heightened experience right. and to take our sex or intimate levels to the next level. Yeah, yeah, yes, I would agree with that. And um, one. That's right. I was just gonna say one thing to note is that well, there's a couple things to note, but they'll they'll also be able to feel that vibration if yes. you are using a toy on yourself, and it depends on the toy because sometimes like if you're using it on if they maybe are just holding it on your back for you because you have back pain, they're still gonna feel that through your waist. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's so many great things about what vibration. I mean, vibration is used in healing. Like yes. chiropractors use it with tens yeah. machines. So. Yeah. For us to have this notion that it's wrong, I don't know where that comes from for a lot of people. Um, but I, I don't, I don't even know well, what to say. It's just I, I think where it stems from is pop culture and the negative um, smear campaign. I would almost say that conservatives put out that they talk about it being unholy or well yeah it's dirty, like i think it's like, more religious based in my opinion culturally culturally yes. as well but conservatives tend to be religious yeah yes i didn't want to i didn't want to make like those claims but sure um that's a generalization historically but i do think that there are there is a subculture out in in the world that 
has painted a picture for a really long time saying that toys are Yeah, and what do you suppose that's dirty? about? Like, I mean, like, is that because for female, like, pleasure? Oh, yeah. Well, I I am a feminist, and I truly believe that, you know, 50 years ago, men didn't want, weren't focusing on female pleasure, that, that the focus was on male pleasure, and that... Uh, until, you mean until 50 years ago, is that what you're saying? Yes. Yeah, exactly. and I, I, okay, yeah. Um, so, yeah, so... Men didn't want to think about women's pleasure. Men do you think it wasn't they want focus. to, or they just didn't think that it, it wasn't a concern? Like, we, oh, we don't really know anything about it. I think both. I yeah. think that they were, they just... Because it wasn't anything that they knew about, they didn't have to care. Yes. And I see what you're saying. Historically, if you just look at it, historically, women weren't do- becoming doctors or nurses or studying. They, they, they couldn't. They, they couldn't. They weren't. They... You know, even today, um, there are certain studies that are only being done on men, so we right. don't know how they're affecting the female body. So it's just, right. there's so many differences, and we're finally, we're playing catch-up. So society, I think, right now is in a time where we're finally becoming a little bit more accepting mm-hmm. with those things, and it's becoming less taboo to talk about or to own, which is really funny to me because the history of the vibrator, it started in a male doctor's office yep. because women used to go to the doctor to get um, digitally stimulated, like they would get a hand job from their doctor on their clitoris to reach and achieve an orgasm because it would help calm them down and it would help cure quote hysteria, unquote, cure hysteria yes! and anxiety and all of those mental disorders that were forced upon them because of the, well, the things they were uh, calling a mental disorder. Yes. yes. Um, and so it, over time it developed from doctors doing it with their hands to they developed a giant machine because their hands were getting carpal tunnel to then they they saw the money aspect of it and they they discovered it or developed a take-home version Mm -hmm. and then over time it has just developed and gone wild because now you can find vibrators in literally any shape you can imagine and Um, just about any store yes but it still has the same purpose in my mind Mm -hmm. like the vibrator has changed its look but its main purpose has only started to evolve because it still does the same basic thing yeah um yeah so if you need help introducing toys to the bedroom if you don't know how to approach it if you've never owned one if your partner has verbally said that they're uncomfortable with it reach out to a consultant reach out to a sex therapist reach out to somebody who can help break it down to just be heard yeah to to, i'm trying how what i'm trying to say find someone to help you get the words or the, the phrases to use to help explain to your partner so that your partner finally hears what you're trying to say instead of them interpreting it as being replaced or being inadequate or they're not pleasuring you enough. So there's different, different, different ways you can approach it. And if you need help finding those ways, reach out. Yeah, I would agree with that. I'd agree with that. So hopefully you feel like there was at least something that you could pick from or maybe shift your perspective on something that you've already been doing or how to elevate it or whatever the case may be. Just remembering that, I mean, if I could encourage people, I had this whole thing pulled up where I was going to go over some examples of actual words of affirmation, physical t- <laughs> It's okay. It's okay. You just go to the Love Language website. You'll find it. Um, so anyway, um, and then I swirled myself right out of that. I don't know what I was talking about. We're wrapping up the podcast. Yeah, I know, but it's, I, I don't. Yeah, I don't remember where I was with that. So um, it's funny because I'll go back and I'm like, oh, that was what it was. So, anyways, um, mixing it up, communication, alignment, and uh, realizing again that you are meant to receive pleasure. Like, there's in my mind, there's only really two ways you can feel in life, good or bad. There's only two ways. There's variations of all of those. There's a huge spectrum, but 
you get to choose that. And when it comes to your sexual aspects, all right, the reason people are on planet Earth is to procreate, right? Mm -hmm. That's how, that's all we do. So why not make it enjoyable, especially when you're not actually making a baby? Right. All right. So tell everybody where they can find you. Photos with Anderson.com or on Facebook. Please send me friend requests. I need friends. <laughs> um, and then you can also check out my boudoir photos with Anderson private group on Facebook. Excellent. And uh, just as a reminder, i got the empowerment class coming up in July. Reach out to me and I'll have that date available, which I clearly didn't find over this last hour. <laughs> Rachel. Um, Instagram, a vote for parties and follow my story. Don't forget to help me help my husband launch uh, becoming a chef. We're so close to actually getting him onto social media. It is not even funny. <laughs> so tomorrow at 730, uh, we'll be cooking in Chef Tone's kitchen in my own kitchen and the VIP page where you can find an extension of all of the conversations we've been having with this podcast. But you got to be 18 years or older and a feminine energy to be in that community for sure. So we appreciate you guys. Uh, stay happy, stay healthy and wash your hands. Bye.